Welcome back to the Cheryl Reeves Show. I am proud to say that I now, like Cheryl, live in Minneapolis. So we are both Minneapolis residents. I've just moved back to the city, just went to a local establishment I hadn't been to in a long time. Uh, Cheryl, I am so glad to be out of the far suburbs and back down <laughs> in Minneapolis, and the city does feel like it's bouncing back. Yeah, I, I love living in Minneapolis. You know, um, you know, we, we have uh, kind of best of all the worlds. You know, it's such a great city in terms of being able to, like for me to be able to walk down the street and drop a kayak in and be on a lake and, and have the skyline, you know, the beautiful skyline, you know, right there, you know, a mile away. So I love it. I love getting out. I love going out to eat. I love all that. And I agree. It does feel like there's definitely been, I think the final four probably helped that along a little bit. Women's final four. Um, but yeah, glad you're back. Glad you're one of us. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And I think, I think the combination of the final four, you know, bringing a lot of people downtown for a really, you know, a, just a blast of a weekend and the wolves being good has helped as the well. Wolves, absolutely. And, that's yeah. Exactly and, right. and that's a cool thing about sports is that, you know, sports isn't always a panacea. It's not always a cure all, but it can help. It can help uh, the, the right teams do well in the right or in the right events it can absolutely help a city. And that's why I would even, even for sports, I don't necessarily love, I love it when they're, included in the community because they bring in different people. They, they, they enliven the atmosphere of wherever you live. Well said. Well All said. Right. The beauty of sports. <laughs> yes. Uh, have you seen dream on yet? You know, I haven't, I haven't recorded um, or not recorded, but it's a streaming thing. So I actually navigated to it and I just got to um, carve out some time to watch it. I, I, I haven't done it yet, but have heard a lot about it and I'm really excited to watch it. Did you watch uh, it? I'm- uh, I'm with you. I'm behind on everything since I've been moving. I hope to catch up to with it this weekend. I've heard, I have had a lot of people I like and respect uh, rave about it, say it's just a great show and that uh, it was a turning point for women's basketball and women's sports. It really was. Uh, and, and it sounds like, it sounds like Tara was just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, hanging around Dawn and going through the Olympic process with Dawn over the last eight years, I heard a lot about um, that team and Tara and yeah. Uh, incredible time. I, it feels like it was just yesterday. I, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but clearly it was. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that we talk about that team uh, or those players and their careers enough. You know, it's kind of what we do. We move on to the next thing and the next great player. Uh, but they, we have so much to be um, thankful for that, that they provided for us to be where we are now. I have a follow-up question on that. I do want to reintroduce the show. This is the Cheryl Reeves show, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also go to talknorth.com and see our full lineup of outdoor shows, variety shows, sports shows. We've added a bunch of hockey stuff, the Prosser Brothers. We've added uh, Dave Lee from WCCO. Of course, the outdoor stuff. Uh, you know, This is one of my favorite shows on the network. And uh, thank you to our sponsors who make it possible. Livia, Rudy Luther Toyota, Cara Quinn, Successful Marketing Group, All Energy Solar, and TSR Injury Law. And thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, as always. So um, help me, where were you in your life and your career uh, during the time uh, that Dream On was being uh, made real? Well, I was actually just getting uh, my first opportunity to be a head coach in college. Uh, 1995 was my, my final year at GW. We had just come off of an incredible season. We were sixth in a nation. Uh, I think we lost in the Sweet 16 of the tournament that year, but just then uh, going out and, and wanting to be a head coach. So I was just kind of getting into that, that next phase of my career. 
Cool. Um, and I can't remember, were those games easily accessible? Were they on TV? Of course or did you not. Have, yeah, <laughs> no. I was going to say, that's too bad. And that's a shame. Them. That's absolutely right. Yeah, no, it was not easily accessible. Uh, it's not necessarily all that easily accessible now when, right. when we go and when we play abroad. And um, so you can imagine, you know, that many years ago. Um, no, and that's unfortunate because it was, uh, like I said, quite, you know, quite the, you know, the dream team, the team to watch. No doubt about it. And speaking of Team USA, you are now the coach of Team USA. Anything uh, new happening with that program right now? No, we're all just kind of um, gearing up for the next steps, which is uh, the World Cup in Sydney. Um, so we're kind of going through and just planning, planning our, you know, kind of pre-Sydney work, you know, as a team. And uh, what what we're doing now is just basically the committee and uh, myself uh, just keep an eye on players, watching the trends and you know, as we try to put a team together to go over there and, and, and win the World Cup over in Sydney, Australia. Uh, having any WNEA players just kind of uh, befriend you at this certain juncture in your uh, <laughs> coaching career? No, I, I think uh, – I haven't seen that. I haven't noticed that. Um, gosh, I thought it was just my charming personality. It is. Uh, no, no doubt it is. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, have, I haven't sensed any any of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still uh, – you know, it gets hard, no question about it, but the pool is pretty large right now. Um, and everybody's, you know, I think they're focused on the WNBA season and the committee is going to have, you know, some, as, as they always do, you're, you're going to leave some players off that, you know, are having good seasons and maybe not quite right, uh, right now being their time. Um, but it's, uh, I think in terms of, uh, um, what we have the opportunity to do from a team per, uh, perspective and everyone that's in the pool is talented. Um, but only, only 12 get to make it. And so, you know, that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And, you know, I'm excited about that to get to September and, and, uh, you know, see what we can do and, you know, get to work and, you know, what style of play and and that sort of thing. So I've really enjoyed watching players for other teams and, and start to think about how we could use them. I did see Kelsey Plum having a conversation with you post game, your last game in Vegas, maybe giving you a hug. So I was just wondering, you know, (laughs) Uh, I actually sought them out. I sought out Asia and Chelsea and Plum. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you today about Nafisa Collier. First of all, how's she doing? And second of all, um, I mean, just how much do you miss a player like that? Uh, Fee's doing quite well. Uh, we, we've been in touch and, and uh, she very much wants to be back in market. So she has begun the process of, of that planning and trying to get herself ready to be back in market and, you know, get some work in. I just want her to be around. She wants to be around. Um, we, we, you know, and that leads into your, the, the last part of your question, which is uh, how much do we miss Nafisa Collier? Um, I would say immensely in, in different ways. We, we miss um, Fee the person and who she is when, when she's around and what she brings out of other people. Um, you know, she has the ability to connect. She's very natural that way. Um, so you always enjoy, you know, being around her. Fee loves, loves the franchise, loves practicing, loves kind of, you know, being a Lynx and, and what that means and the responsibility that goes with that and being a great player for the Lynx. Um, we certainly, we certainly miss that. There's no question about it. I, uh, I use the word exposed. We have some players that are exposed without fee. Uh, and that would be true for any team when you take a player of that caliber out of it then everyone else is kind of maybe charged with doing a little bit more. Um, and some people can, and some people can't. And so um, I think for fee, that's, that's, you know, her value is um, the, the game comes easy for her. 
she plays really hard. Uh, she trusts. She trusts in coaches. She trusts in teammates, and you know those sort of things are contagious. And, and uh, there's a pretty big void as it, as it pertains to all of that uh, with Fee. So it will be nice to you know have her progress enough to be able to be a market and get some workouts in. And uh, you know we'll see where it goes. But um, you know there's there's things that she has. she can't rush into it, right? Um, you know she still has to. I think she's only three weeks. I think baby's only three weeks. So mm-hmm. um, as much as her mind. Uh, might want things to go faster, you know, like that, you know, her body's got to kind of come back together, you know, type of thing. And, and uh, you know, we, we just want to be cautious as well, make sure we're doing the right thing for, for fee. But I know she wants to be back in market and, and get back to playing. She really, really misses it. And will, her, will your willingness to, or I don't know how to exactly phrase it. Do you want her to play at some point this season just to get her back playing or would, uh, your 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 situation in let's say the playoff race determine you know how hard you would try to get her back on the court. Yeah, I understand the question. We're going to yeah. get asked that a lot. I think. Yeah. Um, I think there are uh, a few reasons why Fee wants to play. I think what we have to do is evaluate whether that is what's best for Fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that, and you just don't know that. You have to just kind of like look at the, you know, the timing and you know what does she look like? What is how's her core? We just have to go through and evaluate, uh, is it really the best thing for Fee to get back on the court? Uh, I know Fee aspires to be on the World Cup team. Um, I know that Fee aspires to play with Sylvia Faust. Those would be motivations. Um, you know, if our team somehow, you know, finds their way into the hunt of the playoffs and she would like to, you know, obviously help our team in any way possible. Uh, but just know that regardless of whether she plays, her being around is, uh, is going to be very good for uh, the culture of our team. I'm going to ask you about some other Olympians, but first of all, tell us about Livia, please. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, like right now in life, I'm going to take all the, the small successes. And we had our uh, reminder that I'm, I'm doing Livia, uh, as, as we talked about, my, like choosing me, my overall health, uh, my knees, my back. And I have been so excited about how good I have felt uh, physically. And um, I've made such great progress. Um, and, you know, when you do these things, and you have to really commit. Um, and it's not been easy, especially as our, you know, our team has struggled and uh, I very much could easily reach for the pine of Ben and Jerry's, um, and kind of fall back. And so it's been a, you know, I mean, it's been a commitment and, you know, through difficult times and, uh, have been felt incredibly supported, uh, by the folks at Livia, particularly Connie Dixon and, um, um, who now, by the way, has become uh, addicted to the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, hmm. so that, that's been fun. The partnership's been amazing. Uh, but for me, just kind of meeting thresholds of, uh, you know, since mid-March, you know, to be down 20 and a half pounds, uh, to have lost 11 inches cumulative, uh, different parts of my body. What that means is that's all, that's all weight that's not going to my knees. Now, I'm not an athlete trying to, um, you know, be able to perform. Uh, I just want quality of life and, and, and the energy that I have. And when I wake up in the morning, you know, it doesn't take me as long to kind of get my steps together, <laughs> you know, because my back is still sore, or my, my knees. Uh, so I'm just thrilled. And uh, just a shout out to the folks at Livia because it's been a godsend for me in, in my life right now. Well, that's good news. Good to hear. Uh, hey, back to basketball. It sounded like even though the result wasn't what you wanted, you were encouraged by the way your team played against Seattle. Well, I thought we competed with passion and energy and a connectedness and uh, I thought we had great will, one, probably one of the games that I uh, felt like um, you look out there and, you know, like you just felt connected to everything that they were doing. They felt connected to each other. 
no, we didn't play perfectly. Um, you know, but that's, that's never the goal. We're not trying to play perfectly. I don't, that's not realistic. Uh, you're trying to limit your mistakes and, um, you know, grow as a team. So the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks, don't repeat, you know, if we're telling you don't throw the ball over the top, throw a bounce pass, then start to lock in on the attention to detail, be passionate about what you're doing, connect with your teammates. And I thought we did those things. And ultimately it came down to a few possessions. Uh, it was a tie game. They came out of a timeout. They executed their play. Uh, we, we were there. We got there. Brianna Stewart's a really good player. Uh, you know, she makes a shot. We get the ball. Um, and, and, you know, we just, we just didn't have a level of execution offensively that we needed to get us over the top. Um, as I told them, you know, we, we, we always talk about it's not, you know, winning and losing. It's about how you do it, right? And kind of, you know, when you're in that game, you can be, you know, pleased with the effort and, and, ple- and, and, and just want to get better. Okay, well, let's work on this execution of that or the execution of this. Um, I, I thought that the effort and the energy and the passion were there and, and their want to and their will was there. Uh, does that mean we've turned the corner? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just know that it was present. Um, if it was present more often, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. Uh, but uh, we, if we're growing into it, that would be great. And, and let's see where it takes us. A few more questions for Cheryl. We do want to thank our sponsors, starting with Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations. Luther Advantage Warranty and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. This is the time of year where we have a brief moment between paying high-utility bills to keep your home or business warm to paying high-utility bills to keep your home or business cold. In most parts of the country, energy rates are rising or have already gone up. You're probably already noticing it on your bill, just like we're all noticing it at the gas pump. Solar Energy can help you lock in energy rates and give you peace of mind knowing your energy costs won't rise along with fossil fuel costs. Solar panels last 25 to 30 years, giving you a good idea where your energy is coming from for decades to come. For this and many of the other reasons we've listed over time as All Energy Solar has been sponsoring this program and our network, you want to check out allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com. Also want to tell you about uh, Sete Coli. That is Italian, and it's coming from my realtor, Cara Quinn. That is the name of her new business. She's branching out on her own because she has so much expertise that goes beyond simply being a realtor, although she's a great realtor. Uh, Sete Coley is a family-owned, Twin Cities-based home remodeling, real estate, and property management company offering personalized service and outstanding client care. It means Seven Hills. That's a nod to the Seven Hills of Rome, Italy. They handle home remodeling, realtor services, property managing, and wraparound services. Like, let's say you're a homeowner considering a home improvement project. Uh, Car Quinn can help you evaluate the impact of a remodel on your home's market value. If you're a prospective home buyer, Car can help you assess the cost and the logistics of updating the home you're buying. We're going to write all this right now with Cara as we get our house ready for market. I'm going to be in the future. I'm going to be telling about the other ways they can help you, but just remember S E T T E C O L L I. 
So Sue Bird uh, makes it official. This will be her last season. We have Sue Bird and Sylvia Fowles leaving the WNBA. Uh, I don't know whether it's whether we should talk about their legacy or what the league's going to look like without them. But uh, you know they are su- they've been such you know key players, Olympic team, popularity of the sport, statistical dominance, championships. Uh, man, it's going to be different without them. Really different, and 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 the teams, you know, like a Seattle Storm or Minnesota Lynx, um, you know, like forever changed with, without those those great ones. And and what happens is you get you know you get new players, right? That that kind of like that cycle kind of continues. You get new players and a new era and that sort of thing. Uh, there'll be other great players. It just will never look the same. No one will ever be like Sylvia Fowles. No one will ever be uh, Sue Bird uh, for that team. And those of us that have coached and been around those type of great players know exactly what that means and what that feels like. Um, when they're on the floor and what they're able to bring out of their teams. And um, so I hope we celebrate the heck out of, as we know, like with Sylvia Fowles and, you know, opposing, opposing teams have been tremendous in honoring uh, Syl. Now that Sue has talked about this being her final season, I hope we see the same thing. People coming out and, and just, um, you know, supporting and cheering for, you know, really, really great players that have given every possible thing to the game. Uh, and have loved that. That's my favorite thing about these players is that they have loved every second of their time as professional basketball players in their careers. And, and that's why you see them uh, having uh, enjoyed such incredible careers and, and no doubt, no doubt that they'll continue to impact uh, the game, you know, whether or stay involved in the game. You know, these are people that will, you know, will, will continue to it'll, it'll just be from a different, different space, not on the court. Yeah, and both great people, obviously. And you got uh, any favorite moments uh, you remember from uh, working as a coach with Sue? I, I don't. I think favorite moments with Sue. Um, you know, you have Sue the player. The the um, I, I think in coaching against her probably more. I have more moments mm-hmm. than uh, with her. But when I'm when I'm on her side, it's it's much more fun. You know, when she's when she's got the on time on target. Uh, uh, her recon- recognition of where the ball needs to go when. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't come along very often when you have point guards that, I mean, Sue's, Sue's no doubt about it, almost in a class by herself with her ability to, um, you know, versus a hedge versus a switch versus this versus that you can't, I always said this about Sue, you can't stay in the same coverage with Sue, um, because just, she's seen it all and she knows exactly what steps to take. Uh, and you watch a Sue run offense uh, the movement that you get and her ability to make the players around her better. Um, of course, she knows the game, her leadership and huddles. She's able to simplify things and communicate clearly to a player what needs to happen. Um, and obviously her individual game, her, you know, her ability to her timely three balls that, you know, like she won't, she won't look like she's all that interested offensively for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, she'll score 12 on you in a hurry. <laughs> just, you know, just to be that good because she knows that's what's exactly what was needed her at that time. Um, and you know, we saw obviously with the Olympic team, you know, her leadership, her ability to what I love about both Sue, Sue at the age of 41, still not quite 41, but for those players to continue to take care of their bodies and respect the game and their individual, uh, games and what they want to be, uh, sprinting to the finish line, they gave literally everything that they have, uh, and their, their want to, and their desire to continue to do that through the years, their passion, uh, for the game is just something that I'll always have a great appreciation for because it's not easy to do. 
it really starts to hurt after a while. <laughs> uh, and Sue having knee injuries and hip injuries and nose injuries and whatever, um, just still wanting to get out there and that passion for it. Uh, same thing with Sylvia Fowles. You don't think these off seasons are hard. You know, like she always talks about, you know, she always sends me pictures of her sand pit that she does at work in. And she's like, I hate this place, you know, <laughs> but she, it's like a love hate relationship because, uh, you know, she knows it's necessary so that she can be, you know, as great as she is um, this far into her career. Uh, good stuff. Uh, how is Sylvia coming along right now physically? She's coming along well. Um, and just as you'd expect, I mean, she's worked her tail off and, you know, we need some cooperation with that, you know, with that knee in terms of its response to some of the treatment. Um, still was in practice today, which was great. Um, wants to, you know, wants to be available, uh, for us and we'll have to just kind of take it day by day and see how you know things respond after a day of work and hopefully the joint effusion, which is just swelling. Hopefully that will be pretty mild and, and, uh, cooperate with Silda so she can move and play like she wants to play. Does the new co- TV contract signed by the MLS is that for, in, for someone in your situation, uh, do you find that encouraging that, you know, the money is out there or is driving crazy because it didn't go to the WNBA? Well, you know, I think the nice thing is that from a timing perspective, we're about to negotiate a new deal, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's done in 2024. So I'd imagine those conversations have already begun. And um, I think that uh, the obvious thing is, you know, a long time with women's sports, the, the, the narrative has always been that um, the naysayers and the people that, don't believe in it, don't think it could be successful, will say, well, you know, the reason why you're not on TV is because no one cares or no one's watching. And so now we have tangible evidence called ratings that that shows us that people are indeed watching and they're watching more than they're watching the MLS. Um, even the NHL and some of their regular season ratings um, that the WNBA is is darn close to that as well. And so it's like I always talked about when I first got to Minnesota and I kind of gathered the media people and said, Hey, like, how can we, you know, get more coverage? What do you need from us? You need more flexibility, this, that, and we can do to help. And then one of the first things that was said was that, uh, well, of course you have to win. And, um, you know, I kind of looked at all of them and I go, but I don't understand the, the teams here in the market, uh, at that time, were not very successful. Mm-hmm. So clearly it, that's not the barometer for coverage yep. of men's sports. Nope. And so, we have to recognize how we apply different rules to women's sports in a way that it's you know been held down for years. And so if the metric truly is ratings, which we've been told for years, and if the MLS can get $250 million, then it would stand to reason that the WNBA would also get uh, in the range of $250 million. And anything less than that, to me, would be unacceptable. Uh, there's many people that go, okay, well, we've gotten $25 million from ESPN, which is one of the greatest bargains in TV rights history, $25 million uh, a year versus $250 million. You can understand the impact that it has on each sport. You know, if the WNBA has $250 million, do you know how much uh, we could solve uh, with that ability? We could keep players home. We could pay them more. We could, we could do so much more. Um, in terms of the resources that we put into this thing and how you can move between that and sponsorship dollars, which we get less than 5% of the global marketing dollar. Those are two areas which are going to substantially change the WNBA and other professional sports. And so if that's the standard, if ratings are the standard, then we should see $250 million in this next deal. Um, And that's, you know, perhaps we need competition. Uh, You know, somebody that's going to say, raise their hand and go, yeah, we see, we see great value. This is a growth stock. 
Uh, and it's, it is time that uh, we, as the WNBA, the stakeholders that are involved in this, that we don't settle for less. We do not do what we did last time. Uh, was it exciting in 2014 to get an ESPN deal for 10 years? Yes, indeed it was. But it was not the right thing to keep a flat number throughout the entire course of that contract. And so women are made to feel like we don't deserve things. And so we end up accepting things for fear that that opportunity would go away. And I really hope that our decision makers will have a different mindset, a growth mindset. If that's what had to happen in 2014, but how about we go after five years of your commitment, let's talk about if we reach these thresholds, let's grow that rights fee. And there was no vision of growth in those 10 years. Uh, and we have been a great bargain for the better part of five years. And so now the, the approach that we come from, um, you know, it's like, it's like when you buy a car, you know, do you want to, you want to work down from MSRP or up from the invoice price, right? So that's the same thing. So if we're going to work up from 25 million and you ask for a hundred, you feel like you made great progress. Well, that's doing your, your legal total disservice mm -hmm. because we are worth more than a hundred million dollars. We are worth what they're paying the MLS when the ratings of the MLS are not as good as the WNBA. And anything less than that would be a massive disappointment in my view. No, well said. Well said. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of misogyny, uh, I just it just came to my attention. I I've never been one of the people who jumped on the Bill Simmons bandwagon. Uh, he became very popular kind of out of nowhere, became a major voice around the NBA and sports in general. And so I just had somebody point out to me some of the, the, the crap he's gotten away with over the years. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't followed Bill Simmons lately. I kind of dismiss some of the, some of the derogatory things that he has said. I, I just don't I don't spend a lot of time, um, you know, paying attention to those type of people. Sure. I don't know sure. what he's doing these days. I don't know that he say something. Uh, I just uh, <laughs> he's got somebody, a daughter now, so he's been a little better. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just I just again I never really paid attention, and somebody just put together a list of all the misogynist things he said over the years, and I was frankly I never really liked him, but now I really don't like him. Uh, well, I hope anyway. his daughter. I hope his daughter reads all of it. Oh, good lord! I hope yes. his daughter reads every bit of it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, Steve Kerr, I, I imagine being a, as part of Team USA, you've gotten to know Steve Kerr a little bit. Were you happy to see the? Uh, I don't know if um, you have rooting interest in the NBA Finals, but I wanted to I wanted to see what you thought of the job Steve Kerr did this year. Well, and you you can see the emotion. Uh, what what I love is the emotion of a coach is pure happiness, right? Like yeah. this, you can actually smile now. Uh, you know, you, you reach the summit. Um, you know, and then the players, you know, they, they've gone through a lot, right? Like they, yeah. they really had it all. Uh, and then they, they had that injury, you know, stretch and uh, you're not sure whether you're going to get back. You saw that with Steph Curry. You don't know if you're going to get back. They got back. You don't know when you get back, if you're going to win, you win. You have a great appreciation for how hard it was to do it. Um, and so thrilled, you know, thrilled for, I'd be thrilled for, you know, Yudoka um, uh, as well with, with Boston because sure. it's just an incredible accomplishment. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com.